on this episode, I am going to be talking all about shame. I've talked about shame in like bits and pieces in previous episodes, but it's such a huge thing. It's such a huge part of CPTSD, and I think it deserves a whole episode. So um, this episode is only being posted on Patreon. So thank you to everyone listening on Patreon who is supporting me in my work. I deeply appreciate it. So to begin with, let's differentiate between shame and guilt. And, and kind of define what shame is in the context of CPTSD. So guilt is, I did something bad. Guilt can be a useful emotion because it gives us information about when we act outside our values. And, you know, guilt can also be something that's conditioned into us and that, like, a lot of people are like, I just feel guilty all the time for no reason. I think that that kind of guilt is usually stemming off of shame, which I'll talk about in a minute. But um, healthy guilt uh, is basically like a little alert that goes off when we're outside of our kind of compass for what our values are and what's in our integrity, you know? Um, So guilt is like, I did something. I wish I hadn't done that. You know, I wish I hadn't yelled. I wish I hadn't like acted out that way, whatever. And um, the purpose of guilt is to, you know, provide information about um, when you've acted outside of your integrity and then you can adjust and move forward knowing that everyone makes mistakes and that's, that's part of living and learning. Um, so that, that's how I define healthy guilt. Shame is a lot deeper than guilt. It's not I did bad, it's I am bad. So guilt is I did bad, shame is I am bad. Shame is like a deep sense of being bad at the core. Um, It's like a core belief that might be unconscious or subconscious that if all my layers were peeled back and someone really saw me for who I really was, they wouldn't love me. They wouldn't accept me. Like some part of me inherently is unworthy of connection, unworthy of compassion. And I talked about this a little bit in my text post a while back about um, how a lot of people with CPTSD have like secret fears that we're horrible people. Um, it's kind of connected to that, but toxic shame might not even be connected to a specific thing. Like, oh, I feel really ashamed because X, Y, and Z. It can be. But um, toxic shame from CPTSD can be so pervasive that it's kind of just like a worldview. It's like a deeply embodied core belief that something is just not good about me. And I'm going to talk about like where that comes from and how it manifests and kind of what to do with it in recovery. Um, it's very painful and it's very common and I think it's really important to talk about and destigmatize. Uh, so let's start with where this kind of toxic shame stems from. Um, one thing that was really eye-opening for me to learn is that shame is actually adaptive, you know, kind of like everything else. Um, shame, uh, exists for a reason. It serves a purpose and the purpose that it serves in childhood is, complex and it's different than uh, the impact that it has in adulthood. So I think shame is an example of a coping tool that we, that outgrows its usefulness, you know, and that becomes more hurtful than helpful at a certain point. But at a certain point it was helpful. And that was something that I didn't understand for a long time. Like it just feels bad. Shame is a full body, full contact emotion. It's like your whole being feels it and it's just awful. And um, in order to cope with shame, I think that's where a lot of like addictive cycles, um, obsession, compulsion stems from, like trying to escape and manage from how distressing and just uncomfortable deep shame is. So how does it start? How is it helpful? 
Um, when you're a kid, you are relatively helpless. Children experience helplessness and powerlessness over their circumstances, over their relationships. They are pretty much wholly dependent on the adults in their lives to take care of them and to meet their needs. And if those needs aren't met or if they're hurt, there's just not a whole lot that kids can do about it. They don't have a lot of resources available to them, tools available to them. Um, they are completely dependent on their family, on their, on their caregivers. So... We all have these attachment needs for love, for safety, for acceptance, for attention, for engagement, for warmth. Um, children have these specific developmental needs that form their brain and their self-concept and their blueprint of the world, of other people. So what happens when a kid's needs are chronically unmet? In the case of emotional neglect or abandonment, in the case of um, any kind of abuse or mistreatment or chaos or stress or whatever it is that is just disrupting the child's attachments and sense of safety. Um, when a kid's needs aren't met consistently in their caregiver relationships, children are naturally not going to blame their parents in that situation. Some of this is just basic development. Like kids are naturally self-centered, right? So children um, don't have a whole lot of understanding of other people's consciousness and backgrounds and it's it's not like a selfishness thing it's just biological and developmental kids are like my worldview is what I have and um because of that natural developmental self-centeredness children blame themselves for things so this is why like in general when parents fight when something goes wrong like it's very natural for kids to ask is it my fault is it because of me and they're learning how to relate to the world and how to understand their place in the world so that's that that's healthy and normal you know for kids to kind of view things through that lens but when a kid's needs are when a kid's needs are chronically unmet um in a recurring prolonged traumatic way it, it has some pretty serious consequences. And what happens in that scenario is a child is just, especially younger children, you know, teenagers might have some of this awareness, but younger children, they just do not know how to blame their parents. Um, they don't have that capacity. This is also biologically wired because of how children are dependent on their caregivers for attachment. So maintaining that attachment and maintaining that caregiver relationship is at the forefront of a child's biological wiring, um, literally for their survival and for their safety. So they're not going to really have the ability to be like, okay, I think my mom is, you know, emotionally neglecting me because of her own childhood trauma and it has nothing to do with me, <laughs> right? Like that's obviously not what a kid's going to think. They're going to think like, why doesn't my mom love me? Why am I not doing enough? Why am I not good enough? I should be better or a better kid or funnier or smarter or clean my room more. And, you know, they will try all these things to like earn their parents' love and blame themselves for the neglect or the abuse that they're experiencing. So, a lot of this just goes back to, you know, children's primitive wiring to seek safety through belonging and through caregiver attachments. Um, I've talked about this before, but I love it so much I'm going to talk about it again. Gaber Mate has this great quote about how children have two primary needs, and this is really all human beings, but it's especially pertinent in childhood. We have deep needs for authenticity and attachment, and that means that we have needs for that safe social bonding that I'm talking about, for a sense of belonging, and we also need authenticity, and authenticity means the ability to be yourself, feel your feelings, um, express your individuality, grow as a person. Um, 
exist in the world as like a full embodied human being, you know, and when children are forced to choose, they will choose attachment over authenticity, meaning they will prioritize that relationship with their parents over being able to be themselves and, um, you know, express their authentic emotions and, and these sorts of things. And this is kind of just like anyone who remembers their childhood or has had kids or been around kids kind of knows this, you know, kids naturally are going to seek approval and belonging and connection with the adults around them. And they are going to blame themselves instead of other people for things that go wrong. Thank you so much for listening. This was a clip from a full 40-minute episode about recovery from toxic shame that is available on my Patreon. If you enjoy the work that I do here and you're interested in supporting my podcast and hearing the extra episodes, please consider subscribing to my Patreon. The link is available in my bio.